this morning, there's, there, there, I don't know, there's sometimes there's things that God allows us to, to share with others, and there's a kind of an unworthiness that comes with it. Um, so I'd just like to open in prayer, if that'd be okay. Father, Lord, this morning we do not want to take lightly your word. Um, in the time that has been allotted to, to discuss something so big as, as Passover and as the blood of Christ, Father, would it sink into our hearts? Lord, would you convict us of sin? Would you show us the depth of your love this morning? Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, this morning, uh, you heard Sue talking about the Lamb and Passover and the story of Moses. And I, and I hope that you, at some point in your life, if you have not, get a, get a copy of the Bible. There's Bibles over there if you do not have one that you can just take. It says on the sign, so I'm not making it up. You can take a Bible. You're not stealing, so it'll be okay. Um, but in the book of Exodus is the story that, that, that Moses, and, and it's a great story to, to follow through and to read. And, and last week, Shannon did a great job of, of talking about why sacrifice, why blood, why the lamb. And I, and I don't have all the time to go back over what he talked about, but if you go to our, our Highland Church website on the All Access page, you can actually listen uh, to what Shannon talked about when it comes to sacrifice and the lamb and why all the blood. Why, what, what is that? Because it sounds crazy. But it's God's plan, and how does it relate to us? And so I would encourage you, if you have time, to go to the website and listen to it if you have questions. And if you have more questions, we'd still love to talk to you about it. Um, but this morning, my heart is to communicate to you how Moses and Jesus connect. And they really do. And in the story of, of Exodus, you see Pharaoh, who's you know, not letting the people go, and Moses is like, come on, seriously, let the people go. And Pharaoh's like, no, I'm not letting the people go. Moses says, yes, please let the people go. And it just goes back and forth. And as Sue talked about, there was a series of plagues, and there was one more thing that the Lord says He is going to do, and at this thing, Pharaoh will let the people go. And it's actually found in Exodus chapter 12. I'm just going to let God's Word speak it, so it'll be on the screens, you can read along. In verse 1, while the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month will be the first month for you. Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice. One animal for each household. If a family is too small to eat a whole animal, let them share with another family in the neighborhood. Divide the animal according to the size of each family and how much they can eat. The animal you select must be a one-year-old male, either a sheep or a goat, with no defects. Verse 6. Take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the 14th day of the first month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight. They are to take some of the blood and smear it on the sides and the top of the door frames of the houses where they eat the animal. That same night, they must roast the meat over a fire and eat it along with bitter salad greens and bread made without yeast. Do not eat any of the meat raw or boiled in water. The whole animal, including the head, legs, and internal organs, must be roasted over a fire. Do not leave any of it until the next morning. Burn whatever is not eaten before morning. These are your instructions for eating this meal. Be fully dressed. Wear your sandals and carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency for this is the Lord's 
Passover. Verse 12. On that night, I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord, but the blood on your doorposts will serve as a sign, marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. The plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. This is an amazing set of scripture, and I wish I had time to walk you through everything, because it's so much bigger. But this morning, the significance of this doorpost, of this, of this door frame here, is really big. I want you to picture, if you can, can you picture being a, a, a Jewish slave in Egypt at the time and hearing the words from Moses and Aaron, this is what the Lord's going to do. He's going to come through our town and he is going to pass by our houses. And here's the deal. If you have blood on the doorposts, he's going to spare your firstborn child and all the firstborn males and your firstborn animals as well. Can you imagine the buzz among the Jewish community? Can you imagine the way the people will be like, could this, could this be for real? I mean, we've been in slavery for a really, really long time. People have died waiting to be delivered. And this could be for real. I can really just picture some of the people walking through the community and, and as they're working and as they're working out in the sun and they're talking to each other. Did you hear what Moses and Aaron said? Did you hear this lamb thing and the blood on the door and this meal that we're supposed to eat? This is unlike any meal they've ever eaten. I can imagine myself being in that place and, and hearing the blood on the doorpost is significant. I can hear, how many of you in this room are firstborn? You're firstborn male in your house and you're, you're a male. If, for those of you that don't know, I am a male and I am firstborn, okay? You probably could tell the male part, but you wouldn't necessarily be able to tell the firstborn part. I'm a firstborn. And I was doing kind of the math in my house when I was looking through and reading, reading the, you know, preparing everything. I was doing the math. We, my wife and I, we only have one son. He's our firstborn. So I'm thinking, if I don't cover my doorposts with the blood, and I live back in those days, myself and my son are dead. I mean, that's kind of heavy to think about that. I don't know if we put ourselves in those positions, but I do. And so I'm sitting here reading this going, the blood on the doorpost is big. It's huge. But see, what I do as a human being is I think, oh, there's got to be more. It can't just be the blood. So here's the deal. Zeke, you get out your good deeds list. Doreen, put on your Sunday's finest. I'm going to get my checkbook out. We're going to write the Lord a fat check. And we're going to stand outside the doorpost when the Lord passes by. And we're going to be smiling like the perfect Jewish family. <laughs> Honestly, that's what I would think. I'd be like, the blood, there's no way the blood is enough. I mean, he's just asking for blood on a doorpost. That's what we do as human beings. When, but when the Lord specifically says, when I see the blood... I will pass over you. So, I don't know if you can put yourself in that situation. I don't know if you can, can think through this with me. But picture Egypt. Picture Egypt and all the community of Egypt just going about normal business. And here you have these Hebrew slaves, these Jewish slaves, being told that on the tenth day, they're to go pick out a lamb. I can see me and Doreen and Zeke walking over to the lamb market, picking out a one-year-old, non-defected lamb. I can see us picking it out, and the Lord says, take special care of this lamb for four days. My guess is Zeke would name the lamb. My guess is Zeke would probably play with the lamb. 
My guess is he would want to take care of it. He'd walk it. I mean, can you picture some of the emotion that these, that these people are going through as this is, the, this, is, this is God's plan? And can you picture them in the markets discussing? And can you picture the Egyptians going about business as usual? I mean, can you picture the Egyptians are like, what's the stir? What are these Jewish people doing? Do they have any idea? They must be uneducated. They must not get it. Can you picture them kind of antsy? Can you picture a mother getting a table ready for a meal unlike they've ever eaten before? Can you picture the kids on day 13 of the month? Can you picture the kids playing with the lamb? And then comes day 14. I don't know if you can picture it, but I can. I can see it in my head. I can see a dad getting down on one knee. Zeke, that's my son. That lamb that you're playing with, that you have grown to love, we have to sacrifice it today. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the tears that he might begin to shed? No, Dad, don't! I love this lamb. What did he do to you? Can you imagine that? I can. Now here's the deal. What if the dad had go, well, son, because I want to keep you from pain, I won't sacrifice the lamb. We'll come up with something else. What would have happened? Nothing short of death. In, our, in my family's case, I would die, and so would my son. But isn't that what we do? We make excuses. And so, as the meal begins to be prepared, the lamb is, is slaughtered. A nervous mother, maybe be, she'd be setting the table. I don't know, shaking a little bit. And then there would come a point when the father would step outside the door, and I don't know, maybe Zeke would be running around in the street. Zeke, it's time to come in. And there would come a point where the father would take the blood that had been drained, and he would take the, the hyssop branch, and he would begin to put blood on the doorposts. He would begin to cover it and you know I was thinking about how for me I might just take an entire vat and just cover everything on my house cover the front cover the sidewalk but what's amazing is the Lord said I want it on the doorposts and so as an obedient you know a, a Jewish man who's just trying to save his family's life I think takes the blood begins to spread it on the door. It's probably messy. He probably didn't have a drop cloth. He probably didn't have a lot of stuff. It's probably very raw. Can you imagine what the father might have been thinking? What am I doing? Is this going to be enough? Will the blood seriously save my family? And then... He would step back inside the door, shut the door. They would eat the meal the way the Lord told them to. 
And all they could do was trust the blood. For the Lord will pass through the land to strike down the Egyptians, but when He sees the blood on the top and sides of the doorframe, the Lord will pass over your home. He will not permit the death angel to enter your house and strike you down. Remember these instructions are a permanent law that you and your descendants must observe forever. When you enter the land of the Lord, His promised to give you, you will continue to observe this ceremony. Then your children will ask, what does this ceremony mean? And you will reply, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, for He passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt, and though He struck the Egyptians, He spared our families. When Moses had finished speaking, all the people bowed down to the ground and worshipped. So the people of Israel did just as the Lord had commanded through Moses and Aaron, and that night at midnight... The Lord struck down all the firstborn sons in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn son of Pharaoh, who sat on his throne, to the firstborn son of the prisoner in the dungeon. Even the firstborn of their livestock were killed. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the people of Egypt woke up during the night, and loud wailing was heard throughout the land of Egypt. There was not a single house where someone had not died. The death angel passes through. The Lord passes through and, and the blood was enough. Families came out the next morning amazed that the Lord had spared their life. And they were set free. The story continues that Pharaoh says, get out of here. Get gone. But I, I think for me the, the, the important question is, what does some blood, a doorpost, a death angel sacrifice have to do with us today in 2007, Asheville, North Carolina? <laughs> has a lot to do with us. Do you and I have a death angel looming over us going to take our firstborn? Not necessarily. You and I have something a little worse because it affects every one of us. And it's, it's a defect that we are born with. It, it is something that is wrapped around our DNA that we come into this world with. That if we don't deal with it, it will pay us our wages. And the Bible says that defect is sin. So, what does some blood, a doorpost, and sacrifice have to do with us? Romans 5.12, Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Romans 3.10, as the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise, no one is seeking God. All have turned away, all have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. So what does a doorframe blood sacrifice a lamb have to do with us today? Isaiah 53. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. 
Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. So what does a lamb, blood, sacrifice, what does it have to do with me? What does it have to do with you? everything. Those people that stood behind that door frame as they cu- they probably cowered inside. There's nothing special about the people. The blood was on the outside of the door. People didn't even see the blood. But when the Lord passed through, he saw the blood and passed over them. What is the blood? What is the lamb? What does sacrifice have to do with me? Everything. You heard Shannon talk about it. You heard Sue say it. When John saw Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Peter puts it this way. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose Him as your ransom long before the world began. But He has now revealed Him to you in these last days. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ did not change the rules. Because God demands sacrifice. What Jesus did is He made the once and for all sacrifice that we get behind. When the Lord looks at us and we are behind the cross, behind the blood of the Lamb, He sees clean. He sees forgiveness. The death angel that looms over you and I is sin. And if it goes undealt with, unforgiven, we cannot forgive our own sin. The penalty is death. But hear this. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 3.22 We are made right with God 
by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sin. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Romans 5, 6-11, when we were utterly helpless, utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by, by the blood of Christ, we will certainly be saved from His condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son while we were still His enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. These words are God's words and they put to death that there is any other way other than the blood to approach Him. There may be some of you in this room who are constantly kind of going, well, I'm too far from God. There's things I've done that that blood would definitely not cover. Here's the deal, folks. Can I say this to you? Just as we cannot boast about being so good, we cannot, be, we cannot boast about being so bad either. There is no one too far from the grace. Romans 4, 4 through 8 puts it this way. When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. David also spoke of this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. No matter how good, no matter how bad, you come to Him through one way. And according to Scripture, it is through the blood, the precious blood of Jesus Christ there is no other way my behavior your behavior whether good or bad is not what God is looking for just as the people could have made excuses in in Egypt we make excuses today and this is something that I need to hear too because my behavior does not make God love me more or less God has displayed his love ultimately for me through the cross What does sacrifice and blood have to do with me today? Everything. Because according to His Word, it's the only way I can approach Him. And just as you can't earn it, you can't be bad enough for it, there is nothing you can do that is too far from the blood of Christ. Watchman Nee, a Korean missionary, puts it this way. His standard, His blood never changes. No matter how far or close I am to God, I come to Him the same way, only by the shedding of His blood. No action or deed can place me any closer 
or farther to or from his presence. Here's the deal. If God himself is satisfied by the blood of Jesus, we have to be satisfied by it. That means no amount of church attendance. That means no amount of money. That means no amount of good deeds. No amount of mission trips. No amount of anything can satisfy the Lord the way the blood of Christ shed on the cross does. What does the blood, the sacrifice, the lamb have to do with me? Everything. Are you satisfied by the blood? Have you put your faith in Christ, which according to Scripture says, makes us right with God? Or are you still trying to make excuses? Well, we'll do other things instead. Are you gambling with life? Or are you going, you know what? God, seriously, you said the blood, so I'm... What are you waiting for? You cannot be too far or too close to God for the blood. We come to Him one way and one way only. And that is through the redeeming blood of Jesus.